Welcome to the Evolution Exchange USA podcast. We bring together the best technical leaders to talk about their industry passions and challenges that they are facing. I am Chris Hopkins from Evolution Recruitment Solutions, and I connect businesses with top data engineering contracting talent. And today I am your host. Today we're joined by an amazing panel to discuss a topic that should be of interest to all engineering leaders. This topic is what makes a great leader. So before we delve deeper into this topic, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. Ladan, would you like to kick us off today? Sure thing. Um, I'm Ladan and I lead the transfer, digital transformation with uh, Freddie Mac platform and data solution. And um, as Chris mentioned, their passion that brought us to this role and I'm excited it's a lot of collaboration I meant with business, um, IT engineers and all different aspects of it that, you know, it makes me moving every day and excited about my job. Perfect. Thank you very much. Uh, Justin, over to you. Yeah, Chris. Well, first, thank you for inviting me on the show. Excited to be here. Uh, my name is Justin Wynn. I am the head of CS Data Engineering and Analytics at Chewy. I've been at Chewy for under a year. Prior to Chewy, I was at uh, 7-Eleven, Senior Director and Head of Enterprise Data. Um, and then prior to that, I uh, worked in a consulting company in a startup. And uh, when I was working in consulting, I advised business leaders at many different companies and many different industries on uh, on best practices for building talent and technology architectures and data solutions. So uh, I am most passionate about innovation. I love building new things. Um, I don't have time, so I make time. And whether that's nanotechnology, robotics, machine learning, whatever it is, uh, I always have a pet project going on. I, I love to get my um, my 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 hands in the weeds and uh, and learn by building. Brilliant. Thanks for that, Justin. And then um, lastly, on to Anand. Hey, thank you, Justin. Uh, uh, and thank you, Chris, for having me here. And thank you for hosting this. And uh, my name is Anand Srinivasan, Director of Data Engineering here at CBS Health. I joined CBS Health a year back. And prior to that, like I was with Deloitte Consulting for eight years, and my background has been technology consulting. I had been doing that for almost like more than 20 plus years now. And my passion, leveraging technology to make healthcare affordable. That's where um, I work and spend my energy on in the past, like around like eight to 10 years now. Brilliant, perfect. Thank you very much for those introduction guys. Um, so let's move on to talk about the topic of leadership. Um, let's kick off with Justin's question. So you put a forward a question, Justin, that I think would would be a good opening question to start the conversation, which was what differentiates a great leader from a good leader? Um, so do you want to just give us um, some clarity around why you put that question forward and some context around that? And we'll we'll go from there. Yeah, certainly. So first, I think it's a very provocative question. I think it's very open-ended. And I think everyone has their own point of view on what exactly uh, is it, not just what the difference is between uh, good and great, but what is good and what is great. So, um, you know, with that in mind, I, uh, I'm going to touch a little bit on a couple areas, but I think there's a couple levels to this question. Um, first, you know, what is good? What is great? What's the difference? And then I think there's a couple extra added wrinkles uh, when you get into the world of engineering leadership, then also when you get into the world of data leadership. So first, let me start with just good leadership. You know, I think good leadership is common. I think uh, a lot of us know good leaders. They have qualities that we all recognize, things like uh, like honesty, um, like establishing and aligning everyone towards a vision and, uh, you know, keeping and staying focused. <clears throat> I think you start uh, you start getting into the realm of great Um when you start looking at consistency, you know, whether it's sports, whether it's really anything, I mean, the difference between good and great is, is that consistency. And that's also why it makes uh, great leaders so scarce, you know, during the, during the highest of highs and during the lowest of lows, are they still, um, honest? You know, are they still, uh, focused? And I think that's really the difference is great leaders. There is no difference, uh, between optical or, or between their optimal and their uh, typical performance. You know, they are one in the same. So, you know, long story short, I think the difference between great and, uh, and good is consistency. And then I think there's a couple more layers when it comes into the realm of um, engineering, whether it's software engineering or uh, data engineering, machine learning. 
Um, and, and that's, and that's operating at depth. Uh, are you technical? And there's a couple of layers, <clears throat> um, when, when it comes to technical first, um, is the knowledge. The second is being able to communicate that knowledge. And the third is being able to apply that knowledge. So I'll, I'll, I'll step through here with an example. Um, and this is, this is a pressure test. I like to give, uh, my machine learning leaders is, you know, what is an eigenvector and why should I care? And the reason why that's uh, a, a great pressure test is because it tests all three levels. One, do you know what an eigenvector is? Two, can you communicate it? And then three is the most important. Can you apply it? Can you, uh, you know, apply it in a way where there's value being delivered? Because again, knowledge, knowledge is only useful if you can apply it. <clears throat> and then um, kind of the, the next added dimension to this question, I think, is when you start getting into the realm of data. And I think with data, um, and, and really great data leaders, they're able to build trust. They're able to build credibility. Um, and that's, you know, that's really because people need to trust data and that starts with people. I mean, people trust people before they trust data. And so, uh, being able to establish that credibility and earn trust early on, uh, I think is, is, a is, is necessary for good and great leaders in the, in the realm of data. Perfect. Thanks for that, Justin. Um, I, per I'm personally, I love the, the sports analogy there. I mean, if you look at your Messi's, Ronaldo's, Tendulkar's, Federer's of the world there, just consistently putting in great, very, very strong performances, aren't they? Um, um, and, 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 and that, that analogy works really well. So, and then what, um, what are your thoughts in terms of the difference between good and great from a leadership perspective? So talking about good and great, um, was to be a great leader, right? When you talk about great leaders, um, I think to associate with force, right? The great, great leaders are be the force of that organization. So they tend to set new direction for the organization and they energize the people and serve as the catalyst and, um, and make sure, ensure the direction that he is setting, the goals that he is setting is achieved, right? Being the force. When it comes to uh, good leaders, talking about that, they, I would like to think them as like they are good at staying the course, right? Our organization already had some direction. They are marching towards the goal. It's more about, uh, like if I talk about like incremental change, good leaders are great at do doing that. When you are talking about drastical change <clears throat> that we want the organization to go to the next level, then great leaders are apt for that, right? So when I think about great leaders, they are like arrested with their nature, right? For example, Elon Musk, right? He is a great leader in his own thought process, right? In his own rights. So setting that vision, bringing, making the change in this world. They're talking about that you need to have that passion, you need to be that force in order to drive that organization towards that. When it comes to good, it's good, like for example, like if I take um, one of the articles that I was reading about is how MasterCard evolved eventually, right? Especially during the digital transformation phase in the last decade and how like Ajay Banga led the organization. Before that, when you're talking about MasterCard, they were eventually what they are making us what they were making as like incremental innovations or incremental improvements in the sense like, how can I better my market share, right? So being in that space, getting like fighting for that space and increasing their market share. But when it comes to Ajay Banga, when he was talking about, or when he, when he set the goal for the MasterCard for the last decade, it's more about no, I'm not going to fight for the market share. I'm going to take the organization into a new direction that is going to be digital focused. And how can the market MasterCard be the digital front end of all the financial transactions? So that's, for me, that's what is the difference between good and great. Thanks, Anand. Um, just go back to yourself, uh, Justin. Yeah, I, I, I love that. And I completely agree. You know, if I could, if I could kind of summarize what, what he said, you know, I, Good, good leaders can create moments and great leaders can create movements. Uh, and 
you know, I'm just curious if there's any distinguishing qualities or any kind of net delta you notice when you see someone create a moment versus when you, someone creates a movement. Nice summary. Um, Madame, what are your thoughts on this uh, particular topic? This is an exciting conversation. So thanks, Justin and Anand, for jumping, starting that and igniting my passion So um, towards this discussion. So um, Justin tapping to several areas that I took notes. It was alignment, uh, transparency, uh, it was consistency, trust, and communication. And also the knowledge that, you know, stand across it. You don't really get to the leadership role without that knowledge, necessarily knowledge that you need. So tapping into that discussion, which I really like, you know, uh, loved, you know, the, the way that Justin summarized this is that when you're looking for um, digital transformation initiative, you are creating that movement, right? And the moment, the the leaders that create the moment is that you can come in and announce the vision and the strategy and the goal and set the objectives and expectations and move everyone towards that moment. When you're an, an, an inspiring and aspiring leader, you create movements by excite by creating that excitement which brings everybody the sense of entrepreneurship that i have a stake in this and as far as you both tap into it my innovation and creativity at one point comes to play in this path of a success and a journey right so the leadership can engage everyone to say like you know yes this is a mission this is a vision this is a common goal but when you create that movement, you are not just announcing and communicating the shared vision and a mission, but you are getting everyone engaged in a shared responsibility, right? So um, that's one thing. And then the pillar of a trust that um, Justin tapped into also is that, um, you know, that is, that is a very small word, but such a strong word, right? In any compressed uh, decision making or, um, you know, switching or making changes or even the compressed, you know, transformation, what we need to create is that as a leaders, you want to create that trust and transparency. With that being said, is that if something is happening that it might make changes that, you know, as an individual recipient, I might not be aligned with it you create that communication, you know, an open door communication that there is no silo and you do not have a middleman in the between to kind of like, you know, cascade this communication, but the world of communication is open for everybody to come in with their questions and answers and, and, and have that transparency of what's really happening in any sort of an environment or condition that would be applicable. And uh, with Anand, um, you know, your your um, your topic in regards to, as Justin summarized, movement uh, versus um, moment, it's also in regards to the way that I see it is that when you see and create the mo- moment as a leader, you can provide guidance and direction and um, set up expectations. What the movement does is that you're creating alignment you're getting the shared focus, you're getting the shared responsibility. And towards that, you're also enabling everyone, the, the people engaged, you're enabling them to be successful all the way. So you're not just focused on a what, but you are also getting more integrated in how that success becomes, you know, a value recognized at the end. Perfect. Awesome. Um... And then to come back to yourself. Yeah, uh, that's a good point, Ladan, that, that you made. Is you th- you need to be both both like good and great in order to achieve something, right? They both go hand in hand. So you are setting that moment, but you still need the direction and you need somebody who can galvanize the organization and take everybody on that particular journey. So one versus the other, or or one 
and not having the other quality is going to be destructive. For example, you can be great, but not a good leader. It can be destructive or you can be good, but not great. Then your organization is stagnant. So we need to have both in, in a balanced manner that for the organization to evolve at any point of time. Perfect. Good point. And um, I think, you know, we talked about the trust component and, and that's probably the glue that, that is, needs to be there to hold everything together. Justin talked about um, trust from a personal perspective. So trust the person, then trust the data. So in terms of great leadership, when it comes to data engineering or the engineering space, is there anything specifically um, um, attached to, to that sector that you guys work in that you feel is important for somebody to have in order to be a great leader within the the data world? Justin? Um, yeah, for me, I'll, I'll hit it on it again. I think technical aptitude is just huge. Um, and I don't think uh, I don't think technical knowledge is necessarily uh, a scarcity in our field. I think a lot of people are certainly technical. They know how to select star. They know how to spell SQL. Uh, it's more of the communication and application of that knowledge. I think it's where where um, where folks struggle. You know, I think being able to kind of bridge and um, react to all the different forces acting on you. When you're a data organization or when you're a data engineering organization. You have a lot of different forces coming at you from all different levels in all different directions from the company, right? Could be at an analyst level, could be at a C-suite level, and it's coming from every single business unit in, in the company. So, when when it comes to being able to kind of intake those, you know, you need to have one uh, the range to be able to kind of understand and not just talk the talk, but talk bear talk, right? Uh, you know, whether it's their KPIs, their acronyms, whatever it is, understand their business problem. And then take the knowledge that you have and be able to apply it in a way that can solve your business problem. It's kind of that big leap, um, you know, across again all of these different kind of altitudes and all these different forces. The speed and urgency of these forces acting on you uh, is is kind of where um, where, where you distinguish yourself between being a, a great leader versus being a good one. Do you talked about technical aptitude? Do you think it's possible for somebody to be a great leader? within an engineering function that is not their their forte it's not uh, their background they've got they've got technical aptitude but it might be in other specific areas yeah so i'm, I'm <laughs> that's a great question chris i'm going to give i'm going to start with the unpopular answer i'm going to say no it's not i think you need to be able to walk the walk in order to be able to to talk the talk otherwise uh you really jeopardize not just your team but the rest of the business as well if you are um you know, being representing your team or your capabilities in a way that is, uh, you know, that is not accurate. So, um, speaking from experience, and I probably have a little bit too much scar tissue, uh, you know, being um, under leadership or I've seen leadership make this mistake, but I think being a, you know, a deep expert with that technical aptitude, with that knowledge, knowing, um, knowing best practices, right? And, and not just the best practices, but also the penalty for not following best practices. Thanks for that, Justin. Would you agree with that perspective, Ledon, or would you would you come from a different perspective on that question? I, I appreciate Justin's point of view. So when it comes down to data, I believe that um, having that technical knowledge and being up to date with the industry knowledge is crucial. And um, as we know, you know, one of the things that I like about this, you know, this part of the you know segment is that you continuously learn and evolve, right? And it's almost like you know on a daily basis you learn something new. To tap into what Justin mentioned is that you know first topic was about communication. I think it is crucial to tailor the communication when it comes down to the data leadership to the rest of the organization, whether or not you're talking to. Uh, information security and cybersecurity partners or business partners, or you are talking in a technical, you know, um, parts of organizations, you know, IT organization, you should be able to, you know, tailor that communication in a right way. I have met, you know, and I've seen, um, you know, I've seen and I've worked with some people that, you know, they're absolutely knowledgeable in the technical aspect of it, but the business sometimes or having a domain knowledge and they need to be able to have that in a simple English that what does it mean? 
So that tailoring the communication is really key. So thank you, um, Justin, for um, you know addressing that. The, th the other thing is that you know when it comes down to having that trust and you know technical knowledge and ability for leadership is that you are understanding the business uh, problem. So you have that ability. So you need to have that much of a business domain knowledge, who you're serving and who you're delivering to, right? What is the problem a statement and where was it generated and what are you addressing? So you need to be really hip with that. But at the same time, you need to have that much of a technical you know, uh, expertise so that you can guide through this, you know, um, progress, delivery, implementation, execution, deployment, all the way, right? And then it comes down to the data security. You know, we are talking about, you know, the data, uh, you know, uh, integrity, confidentiality, you know, availability, all of those, you know, how integrated uh, as a leader, as a data leader, you are with information security and how integrated are you with the business? You know, I see them hand in hand working together. So I think, you know, I would piggyback on that, that, you know, you definitely need to have that knowledge in order for you to guide, you know, your engineers and the rest and make sure that it's not just within your system that's working, but the system of system is working as well. Yeah, absolutely. You've got, you've got technical knowledge and, and, and domain product, product knowledge. Um, ideally the two go, go hand in hand. Um, Justin, uh, coming back to you. Yeah, I mean, I, I love what Ladan said, and I, I totally agree. And I think that business problem and that business understanding, it's so underestimated because every business has its own little nuances and quirks that you have to come in and you have to learn. If you don't have the technical aptitude and technical knowledge, that is less time you are spending learning the business and more time you are spending getting caught up on the technical side. So that's why I think it's so important to come in with that already in-house so you can focus your time and your energy towards the understanding the business problem, just like she said. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, and then, uh, not to leave you out in terms of uh, your opinion. So, um, do you do you agree with Justin that somebody should come from uh, a strong, relevant technical background to to head up a engineering division, or are you kind of of a slightly different mindset? No, absolutely. There is no question about that, right? Uh, definitely people who are heading that particular part of the organization, be it they, we are talking about data, we are talking about uh, analytics, or we are talking about artificial intelligence, the leader should have that level of knowledge uh, in order to lead the organization in the right direction, aligning to the business goals, right? So you should know how to weave the fabric of um, across the organization so that you understand each and every business unit, what their needs are, then coming back and leveraging your expertise to provide them the solution is very critical. In that sense, yes, you need to have, but if you're talking about a different level of leadership, then it's a question, maybe they may not be data experts for example, if I go out and take a CEO of a particular organization, do I need that person to be a data expert or technology expert? May or may not be, right? But it's very critical for executives to be surrounded by the right set of leaders in order to make the right decisions and set the direction for the company. Brilliant. Thank you, Anand. Um, okay, let, let's move on, guys, uh, and talk about the topic that um, Ladan put look forward, um, which I know is uh, an area that you're really passionate about yourself, which is the digital transformation piece. And you touched on this already um, in your introduction, but in terms of leadership within that space, um, what particular skill sets do you think are needed in order for um, somebody to be a very successful leader um, within digital transformation? Thank you. So, um... In focus of the digital transformation, there are a lot of companies that they're moving towards that direction. And if anything, pandemic, I think, put that pressure for the companies to move forward a little bit, maybe uh, faster and speed up that process. So with that being said, evolving and adapting the leadership styles are um, becoming very important. And what it means is that I mentioned it before, but 
you know, um, between uh, there is a difference between setting up an expectations and getting in alignment with everyone. Is that um, considering what the success means as a as a leaders as part of the leadership and identifying what does that take or um, or how is it gonna come to register it as a recognized value? It's a, it's such an important path. So with that being said, you know you it's really important to understand the businesses, different areas of a business and understand their journeys and what the IT department in this digital transformation needs to deliver. There is a there is a very important pillar when it comes down to digital transformation that um, I think um, you know you're gonna you're gonna sense that I'm very passionate about and that's a people pillar of this transition. We do deliver the tools and technology to the business. Whomever is doing that are the people in our organization. So coming to um, you know sense of understanding what the leadership intel, leadership skill set entails is that how you're enabling your people to be able to successfully move in through this journey and deliver the what. And with that being said, the prerequisite in um, in such an effective uh, transformation, in my um, humble opinion, would be to also have a sense of how this, you know, transition is going to take place, and have a sense of whether or not the time is feasible, whether or not the teams have or the people have the um, proper training and guidance, and the communication and the transparency. And all the all the um, good topics that Justin tapped into, uh, whether or not those are those are still in place in that path of a delivery. So I think those are the crucial part of it: being able to communicate properly, provide transparency, being agile. If the changes are happening, especially in a pilot mode, when you're implementing the transformation. Be agile, but um, be able to communicate that upfront that as we we are making changes through decisioning and some unknown come to surface, we're making it visible and transparent to everyone and we adapt and adjust as we go. So um, that's, that's, you know, the gist of how I would see the transformation with the leadership successful. Skill set. Good. Thanks, Ledan. Um, and then what would you... Um, same regard on this particular topic. So when it comes to a digital transformation, uh, one of the key qualities that I think a leader must have is how he can leverage the collective genius of an organization. So what does that mean? Is digital transformation itself, it's a huge exercise for an organization. It's a complete transformation that we are talking about. And as a leader, obviously you're going to face resistance. Now, in order to overcome that resistance, there are multiple things that you have to do. And the primary thing is you need to understand the parts of the organization who are pro to that transformation effort that you are looking at. Looking at who can go join hands with you and start that initiate that transformation because once you gain momentum then the whole transform whole organization is going to transform so for the leader to make that effective is that of joining hands with the parts of the organization across the ecosystem who can join your journey along that's one thing and the other thing is when it comes to digital transformation it's no one person cannot do that. And also you need to be highly innovative for that digital transformation to be successful. So, because like when you're talking about digital transformation, you're talking about legacy system, transforming the legacy systems and there is wealth of knowledge and there's multiple ways to accomplish certain things. When, it, when you're doing that, how can you crank up that innovation engine within your organization so that I can go ahead and then tap into the individual geniuses in every resources that I have in my organization 
and I, how I can collectively bring them and make them as a success. Yep. So, um, yeah, I, I, I agree. Get, get in a core group of people on board and leverage it off that is, uh, is, is necessary to, to get some momentum on the, on the project or projects. Um, Justin, in your experience, what would you like to add to the yeah, conversation? To, to, to just echo the, 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 what's already been said, you know, it's, it's about the people. It's about kind of this collective and joining hands. If, uh, if you think you know teen sports, you don't know teen sports until you've done a multi-year digital transformation. A multi-year digital transformation, that is the ultimate teen sport because it's so cross-functional. Uh, you know, every time you do one of these, there's just so many dependencies and all of the same kind of concepts um, that you learned growing up playing team sports come into play here. You know, it's things like uh, humility and sacrifice and focus, uh, checking your ego out the door, um, and then also just exhaustion, right? I mean, uh, these are these are long journeys. They have very, very ambitious outcomes. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's definitely a team sport. It can be exhausting, I guess. If I had one bit of advice, I think one thing um, that is that helps in, in the successful ones I've seen are just incremental wins. Everyone knows the pie in the sky vision, but that's years away. Um, and sometimes you lose momentum and, and or focus gets shifted or fizzles out. So I think making sure that you have incremental wins and milestones along the way can kind of help uh, maintain that energy. Yes, that's stamina that, that's needed if you if you're running a marathon, breaking it down into into mile markers is, is a lot more palatable than just looking at the end goal when you yeah. when you kind of start to struggle yeah. around mile fifteen. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Okay. Um, thanks, guys. Ladan, this was uh, the topic you put forward. Is there anything else you wanted to kind of comment on or share before we we move on to um, Anand's question? Sure, just real quick, I think uh, both Anand and, um, you know, Justin happened to a couple of things that, you know, it's just the sum of it is absolutely the key, you know, um, Anand mentioned, um, thank you for that, um, you identify your advocates and champions of that change, and um, they can drive that for you. And once that becomes a you know, that moment and that momentum is going on, you basically create that, you know, movement across the organizations, you know, they are the, they are the, um, the leaders on their level that they're leading this, you know, basically, uh, transitions and, and Justin, you mentioned the incremental deliveries. I can't say enough about that, that how important it is for even up to C-suite executives to appreciate the incremental improvement and success in wins and celebrating them. Um, because as you mentioned, the goal everybody sees, like, you know, that's a hit, that's a huge milestone down the road, but you should create it as a leader, creating those smaller milestones and be able to appreciate and celebrate that uh, across the organization. So absolutely great points there. Fantastic. Thanks, guys. Um, some really good hints and tips there around the digital transformation piece. So um, the final question we want to discuss today was put forward by Anna, which I think is quite an intriguing and pertinent question, um, which was, how has the role of a leader changed due to the pandemic? And is this going to ultimately be a permanent change, which um, I think is a great question. So again, could you give us a bit further context uh, to, to the question, Anna, and we'll take things from there. So then I was thinking about this particular question, um, staying relevant to like the world that we are living in, right? And um, for the past decade before pandemic hit, um, organizations were well on their path of digital transformation. So um, they, they turned their organization and focusing more on the digital aspect of it be enabling the technology that is needed to drive the business going forward. Suddenly the pandemic hits and the changes were imposed on us, right? So we were forced to rethink on the digital transformation itself. Not that like we, we paused it, but it forced us to think in much more greater fashion and how I can accelerate that digital transformation, right? So 
leaders were put to test in that from that angle. So we can talk about when we talk about pandemic, there are several aspects of leadership that comes into play. Um, for example, we are talking about leaders were focused on emotional well-being of the members of the organization or physical well-being one, especially when I talk about healthcare or leadership, we're more worried about the frontline workers. How can I ensure their well-being while serving the people? So that's one aspect of it. But the other aspect of it is how do you prepare your organization for such a change that happens once in a lifetime? So they're talking about that. Like that's why I look, when I talked about collective genius, um, there is a relationship to that when it comes to pandemic. And uh, this has been like talked about um, by um, Linda Hill, who was the author of Collective Genius and that they were talking about scale genius. So I think like that is very apt for the pandemic era or post-pandemic era. The reason I say that is if you have to, you, and, and, and the other thing that I want to talk, think about, like it's multiple thoughts coming together for me as the uh, statement that Satya Nadella made at some point of time two years of worth of digital transformation. We just did it in two months, right? When you're talking about that's the scale of acceleration. When you're doing that and you are like going from just a single lane to a highway, then how your organization can pick up speed and deliver things, right? For that, just an organization cannot do that or the resources that you have within the organization may be hitting your ceiling. So how, as a leader, I go ahead and then do the acceleration. That's where the scale genius comes into picture, right? What we are talking about is just not looking within your organization. Go across the ecosystem. How can you partner outside of your organization? How do you expand the boundary of your organization? How do you co-create something with people from different organizations or leaders from different organizations. When it comes to that, the quality or the leadership quality that was that were needed during the pandemic era, and I think like it's going to stay here forever, is as a leader, there are three things that uh, I really love that term ABC, right? You are being an architect, you're a bridger, and a catalyst. So when you're talking about as an architect, you as a leader, how do you liberate various digital tools and enable that for the resources within your organization? Sort of like hyper empowering your organization. And when you're talking about bridging, we are talking about how that co-creation happens, right? You are moving across like you are to, like joining hands with people outside of your organization. Or in certain cases, you don't have that capability at all. So you are thinking about some kind of incubators, right? Where I can go ahead and then do have some people do that innovation and bring that innovation into my organization and enable my people. The third thing is the catalyst. You being a catalyst of that particular change. This is very much necessary because like, the moment the pandemic hit, everything stopped. And you need a change, and you need a champion, and you need a leader who can enable that change for you. And you have to be that catalyst, and you need to know what, when to press the right button, and where to approach, and whom to approach to get certain things delivered, or that innovation to have to be happening so that as an organization, you can move quickly and get onto the business. Perfect. Thanks for that, Anand. Um, I like that architect, bridger, and catalyst as an acronym, ABC, that works really well. <laughs> uh, Justin, um, what, uh, what are your thoughts in terms of uh, this topic? Yeah, it, it, it's, a really, it's a really great question. And it is, it's one of, the, one of the great questions of our time. You know, even though 
we are very deep into uh, this pandemic era, I think we're all still figuring it out. I mean, I think organizations are still trying to figure out if, you know, it's remote work or hybrid work or whatever it is. Um, everyone's still trying to sort it out. <clears throat> Just kind of reflecting on my personal experience and kind of what's changed for me during the pandemic, how I, how I've adjusted it, it. It comes down to three things. Um, the first is empathy. The second is engagement. And then the third is exhaustion. So I'll start with empathy. I think during the pandemic, everyone went virtual. It's much harder to show empathy, right? You can't, you don't have these organic interactions anymore where you just bump into someone getting coffee and can build that connection, build that trust. So uh, the way that we, that we demonstrate empathy as leaders um, has, has had to evolve and has evolved. The second is engagement. I think um, keeping people engaged, even though they're away from the office, they're not building again those relationships that they you know were so easily and effortlessly effortlessly building before. Those are now gone. So I think that's the other component is okay. How do we increase engagement? And then the third is decreasing exhaustion. When you're working from home, especially you know virtually, it is exhausting because there there is no longer a clear delineation between work and home. And so, uh, you know, as a result, we have way, way more emails and chats and uh, Zoom or Teams meetings. So I think that's kind of the third element is exhaustion. So for me, you know, I think how I've tried to focus, and again, I, I certainly don't have all the answers here, but um, for me as a leader, especially when I'm interacting with others, it's, it's less about the quantity of interactions and more about the quality of interactions. They don't need, no one needs more Zoom meetings. No one needs more emails, um, but they need better quality ones, uh, in my opinion. So, um, you know, I think just kind of taking every single interaction I had as an opportunity to, 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 to do two things. First is to show empathy and second is to build trust. I think if I can uh, achieve those things um, with every interaction that I have, especially with my team, um, and not just influencing kind of what they think, but also how they feel. I think that for me is how my leadership role has changed during the pandemic. Brilliant. Thanks for that, Justin. Um, uh, Come for the, the three E's as an acronym there with uh, empathy, engagement and exhaustion. Adan, um, um, what are your thoughts on um, leadership and how the pandemic's kind of shifted the, shifted the needle? That's a, that's a great um, topic, and I appreciate um, and and uh, Justin input. Um, I think one of the things that you know it kind of like escalated for organizations' leadership to take a look at was understanding how resilient are we as far as our business model, as far as our technology, right? And then keep that is kind of like in a highlight, whether or not, you know, you want to take it like as an example, we were doing a disaster recovery. In that case, you want to know how, how resilient is your company, right? Operation, business technology and everything else. So that was one point. The the point of a people pillar that, you know, you both, Anna and then Justin, tap into it is that our basically our driver of success, right? That That's our people. So empathy and compassion <clears throat> was a huge thing. And it was exciting to see many leaders that um, they operate for such a long time or maybe a lifetime of a career where having the um, capability to be agile and adapt to the environment and the condition that we were basically, it was imposed upon us, right? And then... Um, enabling those t tools and technology for the people to be able to deliver the business unit value values on a continuous basis it all came with the challenges for everyone right across the you know across the globe right but uh, those leaders that you know found a way to be agile and adapt to it of course they became more successful in integrating with their teams now there's one point that i fully in alignment with but um and and justin you know, um, mention and provide the input. One of the things that I also um, thought as a key communication and ex expectation set from the leadership to the team was that the, the leadership would trust and provide transparency and provide compassion and empathy. In return, we're asking for the ownership and accountability on every parts of organizations for every role and responsibility. 
And I think that's that alignment, you know, and agreement and committing all together to that same purpose in order for us to sustain successfully to deliver, you know, um, our business values and consistently provide that customer satisfaction and being persistent in keeping our employees engaged and happy as much as we can is that uh, creating that accountability and ownership amongst the full organization was really crucial. And um, that, that, that communication, I think it was a, it was a key component of a success, you know, continuous success. Still challenges, as you guys mentioned, but you know, um, people are figuring it out. Leaderships are across the globe are figuring this out. So, yeah, yeah, as uh, you've indicated, there, Justin did earlier. Um, Yeah, still uh, some waters to navigate and understand how things are going to operate and work moving forward for sure. Um, Anything else on that uh, topic that? Anyone would like to, to add to the conversation? No, I think uh, pandemic, one thing that it really taught us or what I experienced was how amazing is that humans can adapt to change, right? Classic example has been, I've been consulting for one um, organization, uh, client retail organization. They have never been and which they have never been virtual, right? their lifetime and even when we talk about um offshoring virtualization there is always uh, this passion of hey we come to the office and work right and uh, we have never been like virtual at any point of time and the moment pandemic hit and it was amazing to see how that organization went to 100 percent virtual and very uh... <laughs> Very refreshing. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Now, 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 the thing is, like, you go down the path that you never have been. Now you have that advantage, or now we know what your organization can do, or what are the advantages that we can leverage from that and play that hybrid mode of kind at any point of time going forward, right? So a lot of this hybrid thinking is going to stay here post pandemic and there is going to be a lot of discussions around that at the leadership circle as they try to bring their organization into some form of back to work mode right yeah i think um a complete shift you know leads to probably you know people thinking about things in a completely different paradigm you know and um opens up doors people didn't know were necessarily there um justin um uh you wanted to add on to what Anand was yeah, I was I was just going to say you know we were just talking about digital transformation there is nothing quite like a pandemic to accelerate your digital transformation or start one that you've been dreading uh, for some time so brilliant well um maybe that's a that's a great place to to leave the discussion for today so before um we end the podcast I, I always like to go around the room and get a a key takeaway from uh, each of our guests so um Ladan, do you want to start things off in terms of a key takeaway that you're going to uh, run with from today? My key takeaway is um, from learning from Justin and Anand and their, the way of their viewing the um, whole transition, pandemic, leadership. The leadership great and good was such a great discussion. The pandemic also, you know, it's something that at any time it could be some sort of environmental or conditional changes, how adaptable we are as a leader in order for us to continue, um, deliver business value, provide, you know, customer satisfaction, you know, provide employee satisfaction, uh, with anything that it's going to, you know, provide us with a challenge, you know, but again, how adaptable we are is such an amazing thing that we had, we all have that capability and as a human, we can adjust and adapt so i think that was it both both of those were great discussions so thank you for inviting me and thank you for um sharing your knowledge and expertise and thank you um anand on your side i think um, there's a lot of takeaways from this discussion for sure um 
especially the points that both Ladan and um, Justin had been bringing uh, to the table and viewing it from the other um, from the other side of um, the uh, industry, right? Kind of how the transformation that they are doing and those kind of points are good. And to me, uh, when I talk about 21st leadership, it's about how quickly the leaders can pivot around technological challenges or technological evaluation that's happening around. So that is going to be critical for the successful, to be a successful leader in this 21st century. Thank you. Anand, and finally, onto yourself, Justin. Yeah, um, again, Chris, thanks for having me uh, on the podcast. And, and, and Anand and uh, Ladan, great to meet you and, and be here with you as well. Um, you know, whether it's be becoming a great leader or digital transformation or pandemic, I think they're all very difficult journeys that we're on, that we're all in together. Um, I think uh, ultimately, you know, there's certainly a lot of dependencies, a lot of, uh, you know, people and projects and um, all, all kinds of things kind of relying on us. I think ultimately, um, you know, it's it's just, it's about creating that movement, not the not the moments and, and carrying that sustained energy. So, um, you know, it's, it's for me, it's very uh, comforting to know that others are also on this journey. I'm not walking down this road by myself and um, would certainly love uh, to, you know, to any anyone listening to this to reach out and if you're walking along this journey as well. Awesome. Um, great in the movement, not the moment. I like that. Um, so let's uh, leave it there for today. This has been the Evolution Exchange USA podcast. Um, thanks again to Ladan, Anand and Justin for sharing their insights and thoughts today. Um, we hope you can join us next time on the Evolution Exchange podcast. If you are hiring for data engineers or looking for a new opportunity, do feel free to reach out and get in touch with us here at Evolution. Or if you or anyone like you would like to be featured on a future podcast, you can drop me a message too. My name is Chris Hopkins. You can find me on LinkedIn or email me at chris.hopkins at evolutionjobs.us or visit us at all the w's.evolutionjobs.us. Thanks again to all our guests and thank you very much for listening.